We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome inside the Guilty as Charged podcast. My name is Steven. I am your host, and we are here for a Saturday Q&A. Hopefully, you uh, are enjoying the weekend, staying cool. It's uh, a brisk 109 today in Fresno, California. So uh, hopefully, wherever you are, it's not uh, as hot as it is here. Uh, joining me today are my guys, Tyler and Alex. Tyler, we'll start with you, man. How are you doing today? Well, Steven, I really hope you like your job. It seems like you love it and Brooke loves her job because 109 degrees at 10 o'clock in the morning uh, does not sound fun to me. It's not 109 degrees right now. It will be 109 degrees later today, to be clear. But I think right now it's like 90 degrees already. So Sweet. Yeah. I, uh, you know, Like I said last week, we were down in Newport. I was just down there for the weekend because I had to get back and work. Uh, Brooke and her family were there for the whole week. And I texted her on Wednesday and I was like, are you sure you want to come back? Because it's like 65 degrees in Newport right now and it's 104 in Fresno. Um, but obviously she had to come back. So it is what it is. Alex, what's up, man? How are you doing today? Doing good. Uh, I've been back on running this week and my phone says currently it feels like 106 degrees outside. So I'm, I'm a shade, shade behind Steven, but there's no shade. <laughs> it's really hot. Yeah, really hot and really humid in in uh, Florida uh-huh. as opposed to you know Fresno where it's very dry. So uh, Renee says it's 112 and humid in Arizona, which you know Arizona is is another level. Arizona and Las Vegas, man, are Oof. you never live there. Lots like, of prayers. Yeah, 
109 is about as hot as it gets here in Fresno, and usually it's only for like a week in uh, a week in July that we get this kind of heat. So, but is what it is. So, like I said, we do have a Q and A plan today. So if you do have any questions, uh, let us know in the chat. We do unfortunately have to talk about some coaching rumors first and foremost. So, uh, in case you missed it, uh, Mr. Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald did a story earlier this week on Sean Payton. Uh, who, of course, is retired, in air quotes, uh, working for Fox this year, that he would potentially be interested in coaching the Cowboys, the Chargers, or the Dolphins, uh, hypothetically, in a year, a couple years, whatever it is, uh, if he decided to come out of retirement, and if those coaching positions became available. Uh, Mr. Barry Jackson cited specifically that Sean Payne was interested in warmer weather, working with an established star quarterback, and an established roster that is ready for contention. So uh, I know a lot of people had some very strong feelings about these potential rumors of Sean Payton. So Alex, we'll start with you. Uh, Kevin James would be cheaper, which, <laughs> side note, that movie is actually really funny if you, if you haven't is. ever seen it. it. Uh, but Alex, where are your, what are your thoughts here as uh, you're reacting to Sean Payton potentially coaching the Chargers one day? One thing, if Sean Payton is ever hired uh, as coach of the Chargers, I think like the draft day review, we all have to watch it and then do like a 50 minute <laughs> review on the Kevin James Netflix movie on Sean Payton. Um, I'm down. I'm down. It, it's an interesting one just because uh, I think the large perception has been the Cowboys like the whole time. But, you know, there's a world where the Cowboys overperform, you know, some of the expectations and maybe they get lucky in the playoffs and Mike McCarthy buys himself another year there. I don't know how much I buy that because they're the Cowboys and they do what they do. Uh, right. But at the same time, you have the Dolphins and the Chargers. Um, not sure I would say that Dolphins roster, uh, given the quarterback situation right now, is ready to compete right now. But the Sean Payton rumor would kind of line up there with the certain Tom Brady rumor. Uh, that we've heard for you know large portions of this offseason is probably his last year in Tampa, maybe the last year of his career, um, but they could team up down there as well. Um, I guess really where this is interesting for me, because who knows if Sean Payton comes to the Chargers, but this really comes to me in the sense of what Brandon Staley's job security is, right? Um, I think we all are pro Staley, um, and most of Chargers Twitter is as well, to the point where uh, in, in July I hear, well, even if we go 5-12, and 12, I still want Staley as the head coach, which is <laughs> a very popular thing to say in July. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that if the Chargers, you know, are in this higher stakes position, they're in this stadium in LA, they have Justin Herbert as their quarterback, if the Chargers do miss the playoffs again and have a largely healthy team, I think that there's a pretty decent chance in that scenario that Brandon Staley is fired. Um, you know, we don't like talk about it very much. Again, this is the same franchise that did fire Marty Schottenheimer after a 14 and two 2006 season after the Marlon McCree game. Um, so the, the expectations are there. And I did get a lot of response on Twitter was like, well, you know, if Anthony Lynn got four years, then Brandon Staley should too. But I would only contrast that and say that the situations themselves are different because Brandon Staley yeah. is very different from, states of the franchise. Yeah. yeah. You know, Anthony Lynn was brought in during this transition period. Brandon Staley brought in during this time where you have Justin Herbert and you're expected to, uh, if not make the Super Bowl, you know, make the playoffs contend in some certain way right now. Um, and if there's another nine and eight, 10 and seven season and they're bouncing around, like, I don't think it's impossible that they move on from Brandon Staley in that scenario. Uh, and then, you know, if you can theoretically, you know, there's a large debate of whether you would consider Sean Payton an upgrade. 
But if Sean Payton is out there and he's a Hall of Fame coach, um, I, I don't see why they wouldn't go for it. I don't think he would be there. You know, the Chargers would be his first destination per se. Uh, but if Brandon Staley is fired and does underperform, then I don't think it's a crazy rumor by any means. Granted, I think this is all for naught anyway, because I do think the Chargers will make the playoffs. And I do think mm-hmm. Brandon Staley will still be coach of this team. Um, but it's an interesting side note nonetheless. Yeah, like you said, I, I, it's not going to happen. And then there's several reasons why, but it is still worth discussing, I suppose. You talk about Brandon Staley. It's so tough because his job seems very secure. And, and this coach has more, at least defensive, but I think overall roster control than a coach that I've seen in, in my short fandom. But still, like since the Telesco era, nothing like this I've seen in the McCoy era, the Lynn era. So they're really tied into Brandon Staley, I mean, at least until Herbert's contract is up, I would think. But then again, like you talked about, if they must miss the postseason, and I don't think they will, but if they do, and let's assume that Herbert is healthy and they didn't miss the postseason because he got an ACL injury or something, why keep Brandon Staley either? Like They're very much tied into him, and I do think that they would stick with him. But if he misses the postseason, you know, why would you keep him around? What has he proven so far, honestly? Now, again, I think they're going to be great. I think he's the right coach. I believe in him. But at the same time, what has he proven? He's he's brought in to fix the defense side of the ball. Technically, that hasn't been done yet. Yes, the pieces are supposedly there, but I do have to see it. We're still worried about yeah. the personnel decisions. They did miss the postseason. You could argue about some fourth down decisions. That doesn't really bother me as much, but he, he hasn't really proven himself yet. Technically, as far as things are going, with the main coaches on this roster, Joe Lombardi's been the better coach, I suppose, considering his job. But still, I, I think they stick with Brandon Staley. It really comes down to, with me, it seems, and I'm not really super familiar with this, but the Chargers would have to trade for Sean Payton. It's not like they release him and he's a free agent or something. This would be like a John Gruden situation, which, uh, not quite the same, because I don't think, because yeah, Gruden was was coaching, and then he was traded. Payton is currently you know, retired or whatever. He's going to broadcast and whatnot. Um, but yeah. that Gruden trade took up two first rounders, two second rounders, and eight million dollars. Um, I assume that would be more for someone like Sean Payton, who, yeah. you know, I think Gruden was hotter at that time than Payton is right now. But Payton has won a Super Bowl, and so I think a team that wants him will have to give up either something similar or more. And the Chargers just don't even have that. Like if Miami wants Payton, they do have more ammo to do that. Not a better team; it's not as attractive, but they do have the two first round picks next year. The Chargers have one, and hey, the Chargers will be picking thirty second anyway. So, you know, I, I think that I think they're I think they're good with Staley. I love Brandon yeah. Staley right now. I think they're fine with him, but I also think it's a moot point because they just will not have the ammo to trade for him. Yeah. So first and foremost, from a, a Staley perspective, right? Like I think we're all on the same page in our expectations for this year, our belief in him. I think for me, for him to get into like fireball territory, I think. I would have to know more about why don't they make the playoffs? Like if they didn't make the playoffs because the defense was still a kind of a disaster, then yeah, I think that's, that's something that you have that discussion, but if they're nine and eight and they have a a top five offense and a top 15 defense, and you know, they just, they just happen to catch a few unlucky bounces here and there. I think that's a different conversation for me. Um, I think at that point, then you'd, you'd enter year three on the hot seat as opposed to firing him after year two. Whereas, you know, if they're nine and eight, offense kind of takes takes a step back. You see like minimal improvement from the defense. 
then I think you could potentially start having that conversation. But again, uh, that's not what we expect to happen. Um, if this team's healthy, we do expect, you know, a, a, a pretty good size jump forward. Um, in terms of like the coaching openings, right? Like if all three of these jobs were open, I think if you're tiering them, you would have the Cowboys in tier one, and then you would have a massive gap between the Dolphins and the Chargers fighting out for tier two, because um, I think it's pretty clear that Sean Payton and Jerry Jones are like really good friends at this point. And, you know, reading um, the Payton and Breeze book last year from Jeff Duncan, the relationship between Sean Payton and Bill Parcells was such a crucial building block relationship for Peyton as a coach, as a person, as a man, as a father. And so he has, he has a great relationship with Bill Parcells, a great relationship with Jerry Jones. So I think if all three of these jobs were open, like there's no question that he would take the Cowboys job and essentially use the Chargers and Dolphins for leverage to say, Hey, pay, pay me more money than those teams can afford. And, and then we'll talk. So I think that's the conversation that that would have to be had again. If all three jobs were open at the same time, uh, you know, all three teams are in, in different stages of their rebuild, right? Like this is year three of Mike McCarthy. They just made the playoffs. They just won their division. You know, year two of Brandon Staley, year one of Mike McDaniel in Miami. So it's a lot of hypotheticals here. But I think if Dallas is open, like that's where Sean is going, in my opinion. The only thing I'll say about the Cowboys one that's a little bit weird to me is, although they are great friends, Jerry Jones controls the roster, right? Like, there's, I don't think, any debate there now whether Jerry Jones would be willing to change that and not have his son as GM uh, if Sean Payton were to arrive. I don't know. But if Sean Payton does want roster control, I don't know if that's something the Cowboys sure. would offer him, and that as a potential roadblock versus, I think, the Dolphins if they do bomb this year and they're just like, all right, let's go get Sean Payton and Tom Brady. <laughs> that would just be something that they, you know, would be willing to hand over to him faster. Um, yeah. And if you talk about, you know, what the Chargers situation could be after this year, let's just for the sake of argument, assume that they underperform. Then you're probably talking about Telesco getting fired as well. In addition to right. Staley. And then you're bringing in potentially, so let's say Sean Payton as a GM head coach. Not that that always works out either. Um, but, you know, so, I, I think it'll be an interesting thing to watch just as far as the season goes. I don't think he ends up being the Chargers head coach, but I do think it shows how desirable the Chargers head coaching job is, uh, as well as how high the pressure is on Brandon Staley um, you know, to mm -hmm. perform this year. And like Steven said, there are scenarios where the Chargers go 5-12, and 12, but Herbert's injured. So you can't just like look at the record and say, oh, well, that means Brandon Staley's fired and that means yeah. he's safe. Right. Much of it depends on the context of the season, the defense, the offense. Right. But I, I do think the pressure is on now for Brandon Staley. And I, you know, while I think we all view him as safe and not on the hot seat, that can change very quickly. Yeah, Absolutely. I will and say the like, Chargers are in a spot where something we were kind of worried about when the Chargers did hire defensive coaches. We're pretty sure at this point that Joe Lombardi is gone. Like he already, you know, interviewed for a job last year. You know, Kevin Coger already interviewed for two OC jobs last year. They're both probably gone. Frank Smith is already gone. Like this is kind of the argument for getting an offensive-minded head coach. Again, I think Staley stays. But if you're at a point where they do underperform, and then also Joe Lombardi leaves and Kevin Coger leaves, and who knows, like would you rather just 
work this out with Shane Day as your offensive coordinator and a coach who just went nine and eight, or would you rather just blow it all up and start over with someone like Sean Payton? So I'll, I think I'll Joe also, Lombardi is also a, a factor here. Joe Lombardi is also a factor in the sense that, I mean, he has a he relationship could be a recruiter too. with, yeah, with Sean Payton and, you know, they, uh, no way he's going to stay here and not take a head coach job. No. What, what's Joe Lombardi's job here then? If Sean Payton shows up, I mean, I don't, coordinator? I don't know. Like Aldo Hill, is Joe Lombardi like universally viewed as like that guy's getting a head coaching job? Like I, if, I, if I do Herbert think puts up another five top five right. offense. I, I, yeah. I think it's it, it's very possible. But you know, we've also talked about other you know offensive coordinators on the league who just like never you know got that billing. Granted, he interviewed with the Texans last year and was supposedly one of their like meeting four candidates before they hired Lovey Smith, which is a very weird process. Mm. Um, but yeah. I, I don't know if Sean Payton's here. I think that, you know, there's probably a better chance that you retain Joel Lombardi in the event that Brandon Staley yeah. is fired. Uh, again, this is like, you know, fast forwarding out all so much that it doesn't matter. But um, I do think the fact that the Chargers have been seen as like a Saints West kind of team um, that does kind of lend itself to Sean Payton in some way. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're talking about a scenario where the Chargers underperform and Brandon Staley is fired, I mean, you have Joe Lombardi here. You have uh, Brendan Nugent here. You have Chase Daniel here. Like, I think that's an, an attractive connection start for somebody like Sean Payton. So, I mean, if it's open, like Sean Payton would be a fool not to not to be interested in this job. No. You know, the chance of coaching Justin Herbert, who is somebody that he's always kind of like dreamed of having that kind of quarterback who can do everything that Drew Brees can't and also do the things that Drew Brees can. So um, I think Sean, like, if this job is open, I think Sean Payton would, would absolutely, you know, consider it. And I think he would be a fool not to. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, I do want to slightly bring up character concerns. Um, absolutely. Because, absolutely. Because, you know, the Chargers have prided themselves on when Anthony Lynn was head coach, when Mike McCoy was head coach, when all these guys were head coaches being, you know, a culture-based team, when Brandon Staley's the head coach right now. Um Sean Payton was the ringleader of Bounty Gate and got suspended for a year, which I mean, you know, on a scale of one to 10 urbans, that's like a six or seven. But, um, <laughs> you know, so we'll see. That feels yeah, a little that, high. I don't know. Maybe it's seven or eight urbans. I don't know. It's not as, maybe not as bad as kicking Josh Lambeau in front of everybody, but uh, <laughs> it, it's certainly up there. Um, but I, I do think the Bounty Gate thing is worth mentioning. Obviously, it was 10 years ago, so maybe there's just, oh, it's all water under the bridge now. But we have talked about the Chargers um, and, and their, you know, uh, focus on, you know, off the field issues and stuff like that. Uh, that would probably be the one roadblock to Sean Payton getting hired uh, amongst other things. But We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. Absolutely. I, you know, we'll see. Again, I'd be pretty surprised if Sean Payton's next coaching job were not the Dallas Cowboys, but uh, we'll see. So we'll jump into uh, the Q&A part of this show today now. So if you do have any questions, make sure and use them. I see we have uh, both of Tyler's parents already representing in the Super Chat feature. So appreciate them as always. Uh, wanted to start this with, uh, with this question, excuse me. Uh, from NFL Mike's Corner, he wants to know, where do you guys each think Herbert should be focused on improving this offseason? Already elite, but always improving. Name of the game at QB for long-term success, which is absolutely true. So um, Justin has kind of said that his focus so far really has been getting more comfortable in, you know, five five and seven-step drops, play action, kind of mostly his footwork, which uh, again, you know, you can focus on multiple different things, but that's been kind of the constant, which I really appreciate. But uh, Tyler, Alex, where do you guys think? What are your, some areas of improvement that you would like to see from uh, Justin Herbert in year three? It's kind of funny because it leans towards the first start he ever had from start against the Chiefs, where he just was missing guys to the boundary. And that's still kind of apparent on film. I haven't been watching Herbert specifically. I've been watching Williams and Allen. But there are just throws to on a corner, on an out or to the flat where it's like, dude, how did you miss that? And it's, it's, it's once a game. Sometimes some games, it's three times a game. And you're thinking, wow, they really could have used that. I mean, or even just like something easy, like to the flat with Austin Eckler against the Vikings. Like he's right there. You just dump it down to him. Granted, there was pressure, but like get it to him. And you have a, you have a first down instead. They either miss a field goal, kick a field goal. They lose that game, whatever. Like they're just, there's some easy throws that Herbert could still be making. And granted, this is almost feels nitpicky, because he's so good, but if he were to improve somewhere based on what I've seen, it's just hitting those throws to the boundary, to the sideline. Somehow he could hit the ones that are 60 yards downfield to the sideline, but the ones that are like <laughs> yeah. 10 yards that way to the right, sometimes he just misses them, and I would just love to see more consistency there. Yeah, yeah I remember I, I just, like, specifically – sorry, Alex, to cut you off. I remember <laughs> specifically the game at Denver. There were like three or four gimmies that he just – sailed yeah. or missed and you know I, I i think one of them really cost them points which obviously didn't have, mu have much of an impact as the vikings game but i remember it being a bigger problem in that game specifically yeah i mean i i just would say in general like tyler said i think it's more of the routine stuff um also you know herbert's kind of mentioned this in some press conferences and at minicamp uh when it's come to you know just being comfortable at the line of scrimmage more so right like when it sure. comes to like just getting a guy to jump off on a false start right um you know kind of knowing when to audible knowing when to do those things and i think in the second year of a new system he should be better at doing that um and then yeah of course going into this year i just think hitting the short easy stuff because like steven said he can you know whatever you know through a strawberry through a starship you know 60 yards and suddenly uh you know <laughs> that, that throws fine i don't remember what the quote was uh, that was uh, that was the Ravens guy, wasn't it? Something like that. I yeah, don't remember exactly. Yeah, the strawberry through battleship. He can, right. you know, throw that sixty-five yards and he's fine. Um, it's you know the other throws that sometimes could be you know troubling for him. Obviously, again, it is kind of nitpicky. Um, I would also say just like a 
abandoning plays almost, right? Kind of in a um, not letting a play go too long way. Like if you know it's not going anywhere, right? And kind of yeah. knowing when to quit. Of course, some of Justin Herbert's, you know, big plays running out of the pocket uh, against the Steelers or, you know, just waiting, 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 like the like the guidance throw um, just come as a result of waiting. But I, I do think, you know, there are quarterbacks, I think, like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers that just kind of know when to kill the play when it's not going yeah. anywhere. Um, that's something Herbert could get a little better at, too. No, that was that was actually the one that I was going to bring up, too. And, you know, I think you look at, you know, there was uh, the play against uh, the Chiefs where he, like, sunned Nick Bolton when he was, like, rolling out and Nick Bolton was trying to catch him. And, and Herbert just kind of, like, kept it at, at arm length was a lot of fun to watch, but that happened a few times earlier in the season too. And it cost them, right? Like, uh, you know, he ended up taking that sack from Micah Parsons when it was like a 20 yard loss. And then uh, I think Vizcaino actually missed the field goal on the next play. So um, it happened against Washington as well, where he was trying to uh, roll out to the left when every, every pass catcher was to the right. And Donald Parham and, and Jared Cook were like blocking. And then they were trying to figure out if they had to like, leak out and and justin just like you know ended up throwing to cook and it was like a two-yard loss or something like that so oh, i remember wasn't that bad as, yeah. wasn't as bad as the one against parsons but um at some point you just got to throw the ball away and i think you know that's something that absolutely justin can uh improve on i'm not asking for him to become aaron Rodgers or Derek carr in that regard who just throw the ball away like as soon as they see something they don't <laughs> like but uh yeah just every once in a while it would be good to see justin not necessarily take those bad plays yeah, absolutely. I uh, saw a couple of people about this in the chat. So question from uh, Stephen Gillard. Which veterans do you think get to skip the preseason this year? Uh, hopefully not Jerry <laughs> hopefully Tillery. Hopefully not Jerry Tillery. <laughs> hopefully not Jerry Tillery. Um, I think you can confidently say that we won't see Justin. We won't see Rashawn, Corey, um, Matt Filer, Keenan yeah. Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler. Joey mm-hmm. Bosa, Khalil Mack, Derwin James, and JC Jackson, and maybe some other ones. Yeah, I guess like the toss-up is like Sebastian Joseph Day. Like, yeah, he's kind of a veteran, but not really. And he's new, but he knows the scheme. So I could see him doing like like Abuji played like ten snaps. Abuji played a little bit in a couple each games. game. Yeah, yeah. So I could see maybe something like that. But um, yeah, hopefully not Jerry Tiller. It doesn't sound like he will. <laughs> um and he he should be out there like competing yeah i saw somebody mention kyle vanoy that's an interesting one because hmm. he's he is you know learning in the scheme and he is like a key contributor but you know if you're gonna mm-hmm. head into these uh preseason games with just chris rumpf jamal davis and mk egbele as your pass rushers i, th- I don't know like I-, I feel like kyle vanoy almost has to play because Kaiser and Drew each played a little bit as well last year. Yeah, so good amount. I would expect I would expect Kyle to at least get like a couple series here and there, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think um, Kenneth Murray's out there? I don't think Kenneth Murray's going to be healthy yet at that point, personally. Jeez. Yeah. Well, I think even if he is healthy, they might play it safe with him anyway. Yeah. And just go. Okay, yeah. We'll that's fair. Wait till wait till week one. You know, effectively. Um. I feel like the cutoff line is probably that, like, obviously you'll see Trey Pipkins and Storm Norton um, on the field. Like, that'll be a thing. 
Other than that, um, you're not going to see Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Uh, Austin Eckler, no. I would say Gerald Everett, probably a no, too. Um, I mean, this is a team that played it very conservatively last year in the preseason, mm-hmm. uh, rightfully or wrongfully so. Uh, so, yeah, I don't really see anyone on the offense getting into any significant action aside from the position battles that we already know. <laughs> this is interesting, but Michael Davis is your CB4. Does he have to play a preseason game? Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know, probably just because it's not just Andrew from a body standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Or in front of them, but like, or do they just go full on? We don't care. Just see your Taylor and <laughs> Dean Leonard. You're playing on, <laughs> you know, 50 snaps today. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I, the chargers never really did like a dress rehearsal game last year. And it seems like those around the league are kind of like declining in numbers. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. Um, with them taking out one of the preseason games. So in general, I don't think that the Chargers are going to play anyone significant. Tillery is probably the big change from last year just because of what his role on the team is now compared to what they thought it was going into last year. Um, Other than that, though, I I think they're going to play very conservative again. Yeah, that's the thing that uh, Staley stole from Sean McVay. So uh, Mm -hmm. blame Sean if you're mad about it. I always love it when we get non-football questions. I know that we're a football podcast, but uh, Marco Rodriguez, question for Alex, better call Saul or Breaking Bad? Uh, I think it's better call Saul by like a decent bit at this point. I used to be one of those people in like season three or four of the show where I was like, it's never going to be Breaking Bad. And then season four or five and six happened (laughs) and I'm like, oh, (laughs) like they, they sort of did everything they did in Breaking Bad, but it was better and more refined. Uh, so I, I gotta go with, um, better call Saul breaking bad. Also like as good as it was, had some pretty unlikable characters, um, versus I feel yeah. like every character in better call Saul is likable. Like I yeah. would love to watch breaking bad, but I'm not sitting through, you know, Skylar again. That was annoying. Um, but yeah, I, I think that I think better call Saul is everything they did in breaking bad, but better. It does feel a bit more refined. So I'm a season behind. I haven't watched or like the new half of the newest season or whatever. Oh, you have to. Um, yeah, although I, I do know like one obvious spoiler that happened. Um, I mean, I obviously know that Jimmy survives because <laughs> I've seen Breaking Bad. Wait, wait, wait. Um, do, you, do you know the thing that happened in the mid-season finale? I don't know when it occurred. I just know that he's like, I want you to know it was me. And uh, that oh, sort of part. Okay. So I know that. Um, maybe not something else. Um it's tough because I do think I, I should go rewatch better or excuse me, breaking bad because I was just, I was just younger. And and now something like better call Saul appeals to me a bit more as that nice slow burn. But I think it's, I think it's really close. Like I, I prefer watching better call Saul currently more than I did watching breaking bad at the time. Um, it's really good. Like they're both yeah. really, really good. I, I also yeah. think the leg up that I give to better call Saul is like, it's really hard when you know, that several of the characters have plot armor, right? Like, you know that, yeah, obviously Saul survives. You know that Mike survives. You know that Gus Fring survives. So you know that all these people Mm -hmm. survive. So I think it's much harder to write stories and build tension the way they do, where you're still concerned for that character's safety and what's going to happen to that character, even though you know they make it out safe. And that, I I think, when making a prequel or making something, uh, I, I think it's harder to make that kind of show than it is Breaking Bad initially. So that, I think, is also the advantage, just the, the writing and how much it, it captivates you. I, I kind of give that advantage to Saul as well. 
Yeah, still a great. I mean, either way, Better Call Saul, like just for the first two, three seasons about, you know, Jimmy versus Chuck. Like, why would that be compelling television? But it oh, really yeah. was like was so good. I don't know. It's, it's a really good show. Thomas Martinez, both shows suck. What are you talking about? There's what someone on the Internet about? who's always going to say these things. So, <laughs> wow. I, I guys, say, that's disappointing here. for Thomas in particular, though. Come <laughs> the, on, the, Thomas. The the, the court yeah the courtroom battery scene is still like that yes. that was that was the scene where I was like eh, I don't know about this all show and that was the one where I was like okay this is really good mm-hmm. yeah I know what you're talking about did you guys see the uh, hint at a certain thing in Miss Marvel I didn't watch the whole show I just watched I just know that particular part uh, the what hint was the at a certain thing. If you haven't seen it, then you don't know. But no, Alex hasn't watched it. I I watched it, but um... I did. I did watch. I watched Thor four this week. That was that was that was decent. That's fine. Yeah, that's all right. It's fine. I I liked it. Like I think it was obviously a step back from uh, Ragnarok, right? But I think Ragnarok, you just had better character development from like the side characters, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think you really got more of a development for Valkyrie and stuff like that. as opposed to this one, which was so focused in on Thor and Jane Foster. So I I still liked it. I mean, people were talking to me last night about, about it. Like it was complete trash. It was as bad as the second Thor movie or other things like that. I thought it was a good movie, but it definitely (laughs) was not like a top tier Marvel movie, which is, which is fine. Like not everything can be infinity war and, and black Panther and stuff like that. Step up from Dr. Strange too, though. I kind of like Doctor Strange more because it was really? kind of yeah. Like, yeah. 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 But like they make so many mistakes in that. Like the Illuminati ended up being nothing. And I don't know. Like <laughs> I think it's like if that were the real Illuminati, like the one that we're going to maybe actually get, then yeah. yeah. But I just think it's like and I, I didn't like Scarlet Witch. I don't know. I just I, I was outside looking in on that one. I, I thought that the other phase four villains have been better. Now Thor four kind of like underutilizes christian bale which i didn't like that kind of yeah. tragically like throwaway villain yes, which is like okay absolutely. you got christian bale to finally do a marvel movie and you use him for that but he was so, great when he was on oh right? yeah he was so good yeah that uh um, that part when they're i mean i don't want to spoil too much but when he's fighting the three of them and he like has them all like tied up i was just like damn yeah. this guy is this guy is something else yeah he was um, it. yeah it looks like a couple people obviously pointing to okay now i know what reference you're talking to talking about tyler for miss marvel so uh, um yeah, yeah yeah should be good yeah the boys is good some people are pointing out that's a good superhero show for so, sure so the boys is worth watching then right oh yeah it's definitely okay. worth i mean it, okay you watch game of thrones right <laughs> yeah yeah okay i just so haven't just watched game, i haven't watched any of the boys stuff because it's on amazon prime and mm, uh, yeah. i'm just like waiting until football season starts to like get the prime video and, and download it and stuff like that. So I have not watched the boys yet. I I've read some of the boys comics. I haven't actually watched the show, although I've like seen scenes on YouTube and clips and stuff like that. Sure. Um, the only thing I'll say is different from the comics is like the show is clearly going in like a Homelander is Trump kind of direction versus the comics don't really go in that way, but I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. It's just, it's just a, it's a big rated R superhero show yeah. um th- this newest season starts out with someone shrinking small walking into someone's ding dong and then exploding so <laughs> that's the kind of show that you're in for um, all right all right 
Um, but to me, the best show on TV that I've seen so far is Barry. Uh, I think people need to watch Ooh, Barry's awesome. a lot more. I love Barry. I love Barry. It's so good. 14 Emmy nominations this year. Watch it. Yeah. Okay, so talk about and disgusted by anything to do with meth. That's understandable. I get it. Um, Renee asking me if I'm going to a hockey game. I still haven't decided if I'm a Kings fan or not. So, uh, <laughs> TBD. What is I want to like actually. I don't know. Like I, I, I want to like learn about these teams before I just decide like mm. who I'm going with. You know, should should we do a thing on the show? You know how they do like the ESPN signing day where they have like three hats on the table. Should we just do that <laughs> with like all the hats for Stevens NHL team selection? <laughs> Um, that would be funny, but so Brooke, uh, Brooke's brother is super into the blues. Her, his wife was from St. Louis. And, um, so Brooke kind of wants to keep that in the family, if you will. And like, just kind of hop on the same train. Um, I'm kind of intrigued by becoming a Seattle Kraken fan just because they're new. I really like their logo and their colors. Um, they're not good yet, so I wouldn't feel like I'm a bandwagon, like hopping on a, you know, a, a traditional team or traditional powerhouse. But and then obviously the Kings are are like, they're our local team here, and obviously you know they do the Chargers night and things like that. So um, that's where I'm leaning. But uh, I want to learn more about these teams first and foremost. I have that, and I don't I don't support the team. I don't I just like. <laughs> I just like, well, I do like, if, sure, if they win, that's great. But I don't know. Anything I know about somebody, hockey, so. somebody in one of my tweets, like tagged you and was like, Tyler has the Kings jersey. Like, just be a Kings fan. And I was like, I don't think Tyler's a super <laughs> hockey. No, it was just free. <laughs> it was free. Wow. What I, I used to watch a lot of hockey as a kid, but then recent seasons, I've just been like, okay, I'll watch the playoffs. But like, that's, that's kind of where I've been on the sport just because like, well, also when I was a kid, like the Sixers were incredibly dormant and no one cared about them. Um, but yeah, so yeah, hockey also got weird during like COVID and all that stuff because I feel like it was just hard to get people like motivated for hockey without fans in particular. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's kind of back on the rebound now, but I'll, yeah. I'll be curious to see how the season plays out. Absolutely. Uh, Steven, who asked the question about the preseason, also sent a super chat, so appreciate it. Um, what else? Someone said, uh, Steven looks like, uh, Carl Urban's character from the boys. I don't really see it. Not nearly as much as the Kyle Van Noy comp, but it, uh, other than they have a beard in their They have a beard. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's it. Why do the beard? That's the bar. Yeah. That's the bar <laughs> that's that I'm bar for Steven comparisons. <laughs> Even though Kyle Van Noy and Michael Wilhite are technically African-Americans, but it's all good. Hey, just go stand out in that 109 degree sun and, you know. <laughs> oh, hey, I, do, I did get a little tan down in Newport last weekend. so Awesome. Um, you. Pedro Ramirez wants to know which games we are planning to go to. Tyler's a season ticket holder, so um, unless he's selling tickets for a game or two, he'll be for there for at least seven of them, I would guess, right? Yeah, I'll have to look at which ones fall on which days. Like, I'll try to go to all of them. Some I 
you just won't be able to because of some holiday stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'll be there. Like, I'll be there on the Sunday for whatever game it is against the Rams on New Year's Eve or day. So I'll, I'll be there for most of them. Yeah, I um, I really want to go to the the home opener, obviously. Um, we're still kind of on hold for our house, so I don't really know if I'm even going to be able to make it to training camp. We don't, we're kind of waiting on getting our closing date for our house, and then I can figure out what I want to do. Um, but I'll get to at least two games this year for sure. I just have to figure out which ones. Um, there's a, a strong chance, in my opinion, that the Utes are playing in the Rose Bowl again, which happens to be on January 2nd this year as opposed to January 1st. So uh, getting to go to Chargers, Rams, and then see the Utes in the Rose Bowl again would be amazing. So fingers crossed there. Maybe uh, maybe, maybe Oregon will make the Rose Bowl, so then you don't have to worry about it. No. <laughs> I think it'll be Utah. I think it'll be Utah or USC. I don't think Oregon has a chance this year, Ooh, personally. Okay. We'll see. Um, Richard wants to know, anyone go to Chargers at Falcons? Um, not None of the three of us. I know Alex is going to be in the Caribbean for football season. So uh, if I'm going to a road game this year, it probably would be the Cardinals game because it's super cheap and easy to get to from here. And uh, it'd be a fun game overall. If I were to go to a game, it would probably be the Rams game. If that does happen, uh, maybe. Yeah. But... Ooh, Niner. The Niners are only uh, like two and a half hour drive from here. Maybe I'll go to that one. Ah, uh, that one's a Sunday night game, huh? Yeah, it is. Unless, that means I would well, have to drive. What week is, what back week is right that? After. Is that week six or seven? I don't remember. The Niners game's after the bye, isn't it? Or like a couple games after the bye? Is it? I was gonna okay. say I wanted to say like eight or nine. Okay. Yeah, like start of the second half. Half. Wait, when is Chargers Falcons? That's after the Niners game. Are we sure Mario is still going to be the starter if it's not Desmond Ritter? I don't know. Probably not. Is that where Ritter ended up? God, God yeah, Ritter, Ritter's yeah. Atlanta. Okay. Falcons. The Falcons roster is. Uh, yeah. It's so weird though because like the good players that they do have are elite at their position. Like <laughs> they either have AJ oh, yeah. Terrell, Grady Jarrett, Kyle Pitts, mm-hmm. or like Kyle just Pitts. complete trash. <laughs> yeah. I, and I Drake nice. London. Okay. Ooh. Uh, you're right. You're right. The next Keenan Allen. <laughs> <laughs> um I would say Ritter's starting by then, probably. I would too, yeah. So we'll get games against Jacoby Brissett, Desmond Ritter. I don't need to check the schedule again. We got one against uh, yeah, Jer- Jerome Ford's Browns. Uh-uh. <laughs> Just Wildcat. <laughs> and we'll have you know we'll have uh, Dearness Johnson on the team by them, so we'll we'll get a Dearness Johnson revenge game. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> he's probably getting cut. No, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know any Browns sources that ha- know have a knowledge of that either way but imagine cutting Dernis johnson and we have to like keep roundtree and kelly like they get to <laughs> cut johnson and we're like uh roundtree i know that graphic um i know it wasn't arjun that uh, made it but it, i saw it because of arjun 
Yeah. Um, where it was like the running back success rate of like uh, missed tackles forced and yards after contact. And the whole like upper right quadrant was like Jonathan Taylor and then all of the Browns <laughs> running backs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Falcons is week nine. Niners is week 10. So Falcons is right after the bye and then Niners after that. I had this exact question. Alex, do you pronounce it Caribbean or Caribbean? Caribbean. Caribbean. Caribbean? Yeah. Do they pronounce it Caribbean? Um, yeah, I would say they also pronounce it Caribbean. How island is your island? Um, <laughs> Pretty island. Uh... <laughs> How island is your island? <laughs> Are you asking if they like... Don't speak English there or what? I mean, they speak well, no, English. I'm just curious, like how, you know. How... I mean, they speak English, but it's like a, uh, you could think of it as like a Jamaica type situation where they speak English, but it is like a, it, they actually do have like some British English, like in their language, because it is a British um, territory, actually. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, they have accents <laughs> and they speak English differently, but it is English. It's not a. It's not a, like a Dominican Republic situation where like the main language is Spanish. I, I don't think many people in the island speak Spanish. So they probably speak like a uh, Creole kind of. Yeah, there is some. There is some of that actually. Okay. So do I say it wrong? I say Caribbean. I don't think you say it wrong. I just always okay. have said Caribbean, but it's not like one's wrong and one's right. That's just what I've said. It's Disney's fault. It is Disney's fault. It is. Yeah. Everything's Disney's fault. (laughs) According to who you ask, it is. (laughs) Uh, I saw that ESPN Plus is raising their prices this year. That is Disney's fault. Ooh, I'm going to have to cancel that real quick (laughs) after these Fowler articles come out. (laughs) I know. It's going to go from uh, $6.99 to $9.99. I'll cancel it and then get it again when the Australian Open comes. Oh, is that how you watch the tennis matches? Uh, yeah, because it's on ESPN, and the Australian Open starts at like ungodly times at three or four a.m. So, so I just use the ESPN Plus to watch like replays. There you go. All right, people, send in some questions. No, we need some some more questions here. <laughs> Football related. Who's the leader of the Avengers now? I don't care. Wow. Uh... <laughs> If you make the leader of the Avengers, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man, I will care. I was going to say, I feel like Tom Holland would, is eventually going to be that guy. Maybe. Maybe. Could you take orders from him? No. I don't know. I mean, Steven, Doctor Strange is like the only adult, like, relevant Avenger at this point, right? I think Cumberbatch just said he's like there. he's not the leader of the Avengers. Maybe it's Wong. Maybe it's Wong. <laughs> I'd be down for that. I, I liked Wong's development in uh, the recent Doctor Strange. That was kind of that was a fun uh, little subplot. Yeah, he's a sorcerer supreme, man. Yeah, who's not good at his job. So, what are they? Are they setting? Because Shang Chi at the end of Shang Chi, right? Like he meets Wong. I'm curious to see where they take that, and apparently. They're doing another Eternals movie, which I am not so excited about. Um, Yeah. So there's a lot of like different 
like sub parts of the Marvel universe that are like in their own group. Like obviously we're getting, I don't want to say obviously, I don't want to ruin it, but you know, there's certain parts of like, you know, they're setting up like the teen Avengers, they're setting up, you know, X-Men and mutants and things like that. So I'm just curious to see like how this all comes together or if it comes together at all. I think my biggest problem with phase four so far has been like lack of an end goal. Like, mm-hmm. cause they're sort of setting up right. like three, four or five things, but they don't really have like one thing they're building to like, obviously for phases one through three, it was, you know, Thanos and, and that whole thing. Um, so yeah, I just don't know what they're really building up to now, but and that's why you have 10 spinoff TV shows and eight movies a year now. <laughs> yeah. It's really confusing. It- because we have like this intergalactic celestial gods you know sort of battle but then we also have kang apparently also an ant-man at some point but now we're introducing x-men or it eh, kind of but you know but maybe there's fantastic four in there so it's like eh. you can tell it's conversation i'm not i'm not much of a marvel person <laughs> but somebody somebody mentioning captain marvel as the leader of the avengers i Carol Danvers is the most boring character in the Marvel Universe, so uh, that's a hard no for me. Are they making another one of those? They are, yes. Oh, yeah, the Marvels. Great. So her, Miss Marvel, and Photon. I'll be sure to catch that opening weekend. That's uh, Rambo's <laughs> character, right? Yeah, her daughter or whatever, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, the daughter from uh, WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so could be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, Steven wanted to know did Fowler drop the OT rankings yes he did and Rashawn Slater was fourth baby they put some respect on the babyface bully's name and I am all for it I actually need to look it up because I forget so it was Trent Lane it was Trent Lane, Lane and Bakhtiar I think Wait, Lane, Lane was seventh okay. I, thought, I, thought I, it, I thought I read it and he was seventh Oh, dang. No, I thought he was. So the reasoning for that was when I read the article, they put his like 2020 uh, because he because he missed some of 2020 as well. So then he was out of the top 10 and then they put him back in the top 10. So when I saw it, I saw him seventh, which seemed low. Um, But yeah, I don't don't know. I I would have assumed Lane was going to be in the top five, but seventh is. Yeah, I guess. Oh, wow. Tyron Smith. 11 pressures. (laughs) I, yeah, he's Lane Johnson, but I, I don't know yeah. if like that's just like voter fatigue with him or oh, whatever it is. But. Well, Tyron Smith was he wasn't the same last year. I know like pressure wise he was yeah. fine, but yeah. I mean, I also wonder. I was not like super impressed with everything. I also did, wonder so. if there's just like an effect where the Eagles have all of the offensive linemen, so then <laughs> they just kind of take that away from Lane versus like yeah, I don't know some of the top yeah. tier submissions or so offensive lines. So Trent was one, which absolutely is, is right. Tristan Wirfs yeah. was two. Mm-hmm. Three was Bakhtiari. Four, Rashawn Slater. Five, yeah. Tyron Smith. Six, Laramie Tunzel. Seven, Lane Johnson. Eight, Ronnie Stanley. Nine, Ryan Ramchek. Ten, Teron, Teron Armstead. And then honorable mentions was Orlando Brown, Panay Sewell, Jordan Mailata, Taylor Luan, Colton Miller, and Taylor Moten, as well as Brian O'Neill. Damn, Pipkins didn't get honorable mentions. So, yeah, that's Laramie Tunsil and and uh, Ronnie Stanley for me would be significantly lower, especially Stanley. 
I mean, Stanley's played like three games in three mm-hmm. years. So, um, I guess two years. Are you surprised yeah. that Slater was fourth, Steven? I am surprised that he was top four. Yes. I, I figured he would be five, six, seven. Um, because I, I figured that Lane Johnson and Tyron Smith would have like that veteran card. I figured totally. Ron Armstead would be much higher, right? Because it's like, yeah, you know, been there, done that. You know, they're very consistent. Um, so I, I am surprised that he was in the top four, but I, I would have figured that he would have been in like the five to seven range. I feel like with offensive linemen in particular, just because there's not as much focus on like, oh, this guy hasn't won anything, right? Because offensive linemen sure. like don't or aren't like wide receivers or, or quarterbacks in that way. So I feel like the offensive linemen, like defensive linemen type rankings probably are a little bit more accurate to the consensus. I don't know. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. So the Chargers, yeah, so. they're all their highest ranked guys. No one made it past fourth, right? Uh, was no. fourth. JC was fifth. Jay Tyler was fourth. Uh, Joey was fourth. Yeah. Justin was seventh. Rashawn was fourth. Yeah, no one. Huh. And then Keenan, Austin. Is there a position, there a position he hasn't done yet? Mm, no. no, he did all of them now, yeah. Oh, yeah, Offensive he did tackle was the last one. Yeah, he did tight ends. Yeah. So, I mean, we could do uh, we could do some like projections for next year. I think that'd be a fun uh, little topic conversation for another day, maybe. Possibly, we already have two positions sort of covered. Yeah. Um, Jed Jacobs said, "What is the guard depth like after Hymas?" And who is set up to be the backup center? So, um, backup center, wow. I think, is is Will Clapp. Yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. pretty uh, set in stone. Although, obviously, Brendan Hymas is uh, he worked a little bit at the end of the season at center, which I, I think is smart, trying to you know diversify his his role and his ability. Obviously, Zion Johnson has taken uh, snaps at center. So, you know, if you feel better about like if anything happens to Corey Lindsay, you move Zion to center, and then you put in. Uh, Hymas or Salier at guard, you could certainly do that. Although, based off of what they've done in the past, I think if anything happens to Lindsley, they would just put clap in and then keep everything else the same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's just my interpretation of the situation. Yeah. <clears throat> clap for backup center. Um, and then Hymas and Salier will be the backup guards. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. I feel good about that. Yeah. Yeah, so baby, the babyface bully thing, I have to give a shout-out to Craig Smith. He was the one who first coined that term, and I loved it for Rashawn Slater. So uh, I have continued to say that. So shout-out to Craig. Yeah, babyface only topped by Isaiah Spiller for babyest face. 
He looks yeah, like honestly, Isaiah Spiller looks like he's still like 16, 17 years old. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe it's a um I don't know. I guess this is a good time to maybe talk about the Orlando Brown situation. Um, obviously, he turned down a six-year deal, which was a higher APY and signing bonus and then what the Niners gave uh, Trent Williams. So it, it is a little crazy, but my guess is that the way that the contract aged was not necessarily yeah. uh, the way that Orlando Brown and his team liked. But uh, yeah. how did you I guys also, kind of I interpret the situation? I also don't think he got 90 plus million guaranteed. I they no. probably did something like the first two years were guaranteed and they maybe like half guaranteed the third year. That's like kind of what it sounds like. Um I don't know. I mean, I I don't think they're going to let it linger into the season. Um obviously like they didn't reach the deal, but if I had to guess, I would still say Orlando Brown plays week 1. Um, I, I don't think he's going to turn it into a Melvin Gordon situation, um, especially with just, I don't know, how much the Chiefs need him uh, to an extent on that offensive line. So we'll see where it goes. But yeah, I, I, I think a lot of people like whenever a big contract offer comes out like that, it's just like, oh, he's crazy to turn that down. But then you realize like NFL money is imaginary money <laughs> compared to the NBA and the MLB. Yeah. So um yeah, I don't, I don't know what the specifics of that contract were, but uh, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens uh, going into next year and, and how that situation plays out in camp. Yeah, I, I saw Brad Spielberger from PFF and a bunch of other, uh, you know, cap guys kind of talking about it. And essentially the way that they heard the contract was structured would be like a four-year, $19 million per year contract, which... I think it's completely fair for Orlando Brown. I think that's objectively where he should stand in that contract uh, world, if you will, because paying him like legitimately more than Trent Williams is a huge mistake, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but by all means, Chiefs, go ahead and, and do that. Uh, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, I, I think you know when we talk about these like record-breaking numbers, it is kind of like wide receiver or safety, right? Where we've been talking about with Derwin James and Jesse Bates and all those guys, where it's just like the next guy gets paid more right and i yeah. think that's kind of the expectation of orlando brown i don't think the chiefs want to do that necessarily but um we'll see when push comes to shove what they'll do uh after the season but i i do just think that's how the market's supposed to work um in a sense so we'll see what happens yeah i mean the the left tackle market in general is kind of set up in a way right now where it's like you have the the um, top of the market, right, which are all the elite guys, you know, Trent Williams, David Bakhtiari, Laramie Tunzel, and Ronnie Stanley are all at 19 million plus. Um, really, there's kind of a big gap between Stanley and Tunzel. Stanley's at 19.75 and Tunzel's at 22. So there is that kind of built-in big gap. And then you look at Jake Matthews, Colton Miller, Cam Robinson, Garrett Bowles, although Cam Robinson's playing on that franchise tag, I think. Um, they're at in between 17 and 18. So if you're paying $19 million a year for Orlando Brown, like I think that's a fair deal where he would slot in. But like Alex is saying, right? Like, you know, you're you're kind of looking at him just being the next guy and therefore being the most expensive guy. But I don't think Brown is 
I don't think he's an elite tackle. Like him being 11th essentially on this on the tackle ranking list is is rich for me, to be honest. Tyler's looking something up. I can tell. <laughs> no, I was responding to a Raiders fan in the chat. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say it doesn't. It doesn't look like he's doing. He looks like he's arguing. I'm busy. <laughs> busy. I have to respond okay. to Van City Raider, California. <laughs> there we go. Um, question from our guy Envy Talent. After hearing Baby Faced Bully, he asks, "What Charger or which Charger? Excuse me, has the best nickname?" So, um, um, I mean, I like the Bash. JT Woods has. Yeah, there's Bash. Um, JT Woods is the, the heartbreak kid, which I kind of hate. Um, Herbie or Herb. There's Slayer. No. Slayer's a good one for Keenan. Um, I'm trying to think of the other nicknames that are on the team. Slayer's probably the best one. I feel like that's kind of unique to him. But like, I also think that just because the other nicknames are kind of bad. And, uh, K9, I guess, is another... I, mean, I guess it really depends. Yeah, that's got to retire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, Vato. That's cool Vato's a good one. Vato's a good one. I mean, is Mike Dub really in Blockbusters. That's just his W. <laughs> hey, man, I'll take Blockbusters over uh, Jack Boys any day. Jack Boys can go. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I can't think of anyone. Yeah, oh, I, think, Bear. I think Slayer would be my pick. Big Bear's cool because it's like his brother's little bear or whatever. So it's yeah, Herbert still doesn't have one. Um, okay, now I'm seeing the response to the Raider guy. That, that was a good one. Time. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yes, I turned that into a, a mother comment. <laughs> uh, Tiller's got a good nickname, uh, Bad. That's a good one. <laughs> um, <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, Chandler, I'm, I'm so terrified of Chandler Jones. Ooh. Is, is, is Dustin Hopkins the, the real D-hop? <laughs> uh, um, For about eight games, he will be, yeah. I think. So. <laughs> yeah. until, until he comes back, he's D-hop. Uh, yeah, like also someone said like DJ for Derwin James. That's not a nickname. That's just his initials. Like that's not. Yeah. I don't know. Like don't don't force nicknames when they don't need to happen. Like that's how I felt about all of Herbert's nicknames. They just feel just let it yeah. let it come naturally if it does. There was a really weird nickname that people were trying to make happen for Herbert, and it wasn't Herbie or Herb. It was it was another one. It was so bad you forgot it, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Um, There's a lot of bad ones. Yeah. All right, we'll take uh, one more question. So if you have a make question a you've one. been waiting for us to get answered, make it a good one, and then we'll uh, head out for the day. Make it a food-related question, Chargers-related <laughs> question. Could be could be anything you want it to be. This Raider fan is going bye-bye. Yeah, Hollywood Herbert. That was the one. I hated the Hollywood Herbert. Yeah. That's not even him. Yeah. Yeah. 
It goes against him. Lights out right, was a good one. More question. More question. Also, huh? I think all Hollywood nicknames are retired after Hollywood Brown kind of you know ruined it. Gets you a solid trade deal though. <laughs> solid trade deal. Swolbert. <laughs> Don't hate it. Remember when that one reporter asked him if he still lifts during the season? <laughs> yeah. Imagine that being your annual question. It's a good thing we're having an exodus of reporters at a time we're about to enter training camp. I know. Yeah, that's so bizarre. Like at training camp. Mm -hmm. And I'll still only read the exact same amount of people's articles, which is boring. Yep. All right. Or Someone give us a good question. Give us a good question or a bad one. If you don't ask us a question, we can't leave. <laughs> I feel like we've answered the one food type for the rest of our life. Have we? Before. I don't remember if we did that or not. Steven hates sushi, and I think that's outrageous. Steven, you <laughs> hate sushi? Wow. I do. I'm a big texture guy, so the texture of a lot of sushi big just... Texture guy. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that funny? I don't know. Just like... It's like... Oh, it's big, funny. I'm I'm a big whatever guy, like big texture guy. <laughs> who says that? This is like when we did our quarterback rankings, and I tried so hard not to laugh. Like Steven, you said bucket getter like five times. I'm like, where did this come from? <laughs> <laughs> you never heard that phrase before? No, I've I've heard it before, but like you just we came back from our break and you said it like ten times in a show, and I was like, where did this come from? <laughs> So it's like so whatever you say like big blank guy like texture is like the last thing I would want to be a guy for I don't know <laughs> texture I think texture matters a lot when you're eating food man like I think <laughs> the problem with sushi for me is that like the good ones are are really like I mean the good ones for me like that are cooked cuz I can't eat raw fish I can't um the good ones are like mushy and I don't like eating mushy food mm so, mm -hmm. you know, I guess this is where we're ending up. The answer for me is Mexican food because I can have good breakfast food. I can have, uh, they have their form of sandwiches, tacos. They can do salads, you know, if give me a fajita salad every once in a while. So the answer for me is Mexican food. Are we just saying like culturally? All the kind of food? Oh. Like specifically, uh, like, do I have to choose tacos for like every meal or? Are, yeah, are we saying one like food that we would eat or is it like Mexican, Italian, Japanese, whatever? Like, are we just saying one group? Thomas, are you asking uh, cultural food or like specifically like sandwiches, tacos, pizza? Please, please clarify. This is incredibly important. <laughs> Okay, in the interim, uh, Alex, what's the best style of pizza? I know you're kind of passionate uh, about this. New York pizza, it's the best style of pizza by far. It's not close. I would not Chicago or Detroit. I hate those ones. It, it, Chicago pizza. What's Detroit pizza? It, Detroit pizza is ready for the sauce when you're done? on top. Yeah, so it's very it, similar like, it's like structure it's like to Chicago, Chicago pizza, but they put the but sauce on top. It's like Chicago okay. pizza, but somehow worse. Chicago <laughs> pizza is just categorically not pizza. It's a casserole so yeah. like it's that's fair and it's not cooked like why why would you want uncooked pizza and no 
Okay, Thomas hasn't he's dropping the ball here. There's a preseason <laughs> question. Ooh, he said one at the group time. He just, he just said it. Preseason cut from another so ethnic group type Mexican for me. Oh, Italian by okay. far. Italian? Oh my god, I've been yeah. fat and oh my god. <laughs> well, if you work, if you work, if you work out, it will work for you. If you don't, then yeah, you're gonna look like Tony Soprano. But uh, I mean, <laughs> what do you eat for Italian breakfast? Shit, I'll, 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 leftovers. Oh, yeah, <laughs> pasta, pizza, cold spaghetti, <laughs> baby. Pizza, you're having spaghetti and meatballs for breakfast. <laughs> Steven, I'm a college student. I eat pizza for breakfast <laughs> quite often. So I, I've eaten pizza for breakfast since I was five. I could eat pizza, pasta, anything. Chicken parm for breakfast, I would do it. Yeah. I guess Asian food for me then, which seems like an on-brand no surprise. But there's so many, like, technically okay, Indian food classifies like, as Asian food. Are you doing Japanese, Chinese? Mm, Japanese food. Japanese, not okay. Indian food. I would. No, nah, sounds horrific. I can't eat, I can't eat Indian food. I can't do it. You don't like I, Indian food either. What Asian food do you damn, like? Steve? Do you just hate the whole continent of Asia? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell me more about Asia, Stephen. What do you like about? Like, I like I like Japanese food. I like I like you know grilled chicken. <laughs> He's a big and China guy. And things like that. <laughs> I'm a big China guy. <laughs> like I go to I go to Asian restaurants, man. I just don't order sushi. He's a big P.F. Chang's guy. <laughs> I like P.F. Chang's. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Do we want to even answer this serious question now? <laughs> sure. Um, no. I don't know. Boston Scott. Dearness Johnson. I already gave mine. Yeah. Running running backs. Please. Running backs cut from other teams. Come play for the Chargers. <laughs> That's the answer. I don't, I don't have anybody. Tyron Johnson. <laughs> is he going to get cut, do you think? I don't even know. Enough what team is Tyron Johnson on? Is he's he still on the Raiders. Raiders? He's still there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I would do it. Or... Was he like a futures contract or was he like an actual contract? I think he's a training camp deal, I would imagine. So like a one year, effectively. All right. Cortez well, Broughton. Cortez. Ooh. Just bring back all the old guys. All the old chargers that we didn't want to get cut yeah. last year. <laughs> Is Michael uh, Badgley still on a team? He's on the Good Colts, question. yeah. Is he oh, starting yeah. for the Colts, though, or is he, like, competing for a job? Uh, he started last year because, uh, yeah, blank I forget his name, but Goggles blank was hurt. Blank blank yeah, yeah, thank you. Um, so I think they'll have, like, an actual competition, but... Isaac Rochelle, probably a cut candidate. He still owes us signed helmets, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Please add Isaac Rochelle on Twitter and ask him about the helmets. Um, oh my gosh. Ooh. Oh, do we think that uh, alternate helmet thing is going to happen? I hope so, man. I, hope so. I really do. Yeah. I, I mean, it's an easy decision for them, right? Like, just make a navy helmet and they'll they'll crush it. What What would be a helmet color? Because navy is the obvious one. What would be one that would work that was not navy? Like, trying to think of one. Other than the ones they already have too. And what colors do we have left? <laughs> yellow helmet with yellow, yellow helmets, jersey, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> yellow pants. Uh, Thomas uh, Martinez pointed out Bobby Holly. Yeah, bring in Bobby Holly from the USFL. Let's do it. 
Xander could be RB3. I, there was a guy from the USFL from the Philly team that got signed by the uh, Washington football team. I saw that he was like a corner. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I saw, so there's there's guys getting signed from there, so I'll be curious if the Chargers pick up like one or the two. Chargers, the, the Chargers could do a royal blue helmet. I think that would look really Ooh, good, too. That would look really good. Because they, like the Fouts era was a royal blue helmet, wasn't it? Yeah. So I almost would prefer them to do like a retro-y kind of all look. So that'd be fun. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us today. So uh, we are going to go live tomorrow morning for our usual Sunday episode. So we'll, te- we'll tweet that out uh, in a little bit here. Uh, appreciate all the questions today. Appreciate the super chats. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy your Saturday and we'll see you guys tomorrow.